Yo, Murph. Hey, wait, what's up, man? Cannot complain, cannot complain. Um, trying to see if anybody else is going to draw. Bean said that he was out. Um, I don't know if Robert said he was out or not. All right, bet. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm here. Got you, got you. Uh, but how are you doing, sir? How are you doing? Ladies and gentlemen, 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 when you hear Murph's voice, when you hear my voice, when you hear us together, then you know what this is. This is another fantastic episode of Black Guys Talking About Wrestling. We are on episode 15 right now. Episode 15, and this is a... A very special episode. A very, very special episode. Because we have not won brand new champion for you all. We have two brand new champions for you all. Also, we will be covering the TLC pay-per-view. And then recently, good old JR made some comments about the AEW roster and about the way that they work their matches, about the way their matches play out and just the general psychology and we're also going to talk about that but before we get into that like i said moody isn't here uh rob isn't here bean isn't here and it's kind of messed up that well again bean there's a reason there's a reason behind it he has personal issues going on so i can't fault him but as far as moody not being here there's no excuse at all there's no excuse at all for moody not to be here why because as you all know i was the inaugural bgtw world television champion the first bgtw world world television champion and at if i'm not mistaken it was takeover it was either takeover war i think it was takeover war games at takeover war games moody defeated me for my championship so I was no longer you all's BGTW World Television Champion. I know, I know, I know. Sad times. Sad, sad times. But there was always going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. There was always going to be something brighter along the way. There was always just going to be something that, that just made me losing that championship better. And it was either going to be A, me winning my championship back, or me being able to relish in the fact that Moody would lose the championship. And boy, did he lose it. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we have ourselves a new BGTW World Television Champion. Here's the man himself, the man with no gimmick, the man that needs no gimmick. Mr. Johnny Murphy, this is your time to shine, your time to speak, your time to go, sir. Well, first and foremost, I just got to say, uh, it, it, <laughs> the the pay-per-view was actually, to be kind of easy. So it wasn't that hard to make the picks. But once again, I am very, very proud to be your new television champion. And I plan to keep it for a very very long time because 
I'm pretty good at picking. Oh, plain and simple. I gotta say, I'm not too bad. I'm not too shabby at this. And neither are you guys. But at the same time, you know, I'm still kind of the new guy to this. So it's good to be the new guy and come in. And I'm winning the belt in my second title opportunity. Because this was my second. Yes. Second, second title yes, opportunity. Yes, yes. So Third. it did not take long. Third match. It didn't that take long. Second title opportunity. You, you came in um, in the number one contendership pool. You, you defeated me to become the number one contender. Then you went on to face Bean at, at War Games. You lost that match due to a technicality, due to some heelish tactics. But then... At, Very heelish tactics. But then at TLC, sir, you came through to claim your first championship in BGTW. And I, and I hope, I hope that you, you carry this championship you carry this honor with with pride because moody in his very short reign tried to try to shame the belt, tried to try to knock off some of the shine that the belt had <laughs> but oh, no nah, man i'm no nah, man I'm, I'm i'm very very proud man and i you know what i'm saying and it, it, it's we got a lot of good stuff coming up so I mean, I don't know how we're I don't know how we're gonna work the Royal Rumble and and whatnot, but that'll be interesting. That'll be very very interesting. Uh, Moody is at work, so that's where Moody is. So Moody, I guess, does have legitimate excuse. Um, but yeah, Moody's at Moody's at work right now. But yes, 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 and also, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, at at TLC, as you all know, Rob didn't want to cash in his his number one contendership, so he gave it to me, and it was up to me to make sure that Dwayne Bean had the shortest reign in BGTW World Heavyweight Championship history. And ladies hey, and Rob, gentlemen, Rob is the guy you got to watch, man. He's holding his that he's holding his rematch opportunity for a very very specific reason and occasion. I see him. I see him. He's the vet of the group. I see him. Let's just put it like that. Game recognized game. Right now, I can't say he's definitely the ace the ace of the, of the company. So he's definitely biding biding his time to to make a big splash. Uh, yeah, he, he's definitely biding his time. He, he's. He's coveting and holding on to that number one contendership. He's, he's, he's coveting it to be able to use it at the perfect opportunity, which, again, we'll, we'll see if he, if he cashes it in when he needs to. But, like I was saying, ladies and gentlemen, bow down to your new king, the new oh, BTW <laughs> heavyweight champion, your boy, the young blood. Wait. Ladies and gentlemen, I just have to say that it feels good. It feels good. I've been saying this from the very beginning. That it was my it was my destiny. It was preordained for me to become your BGCW World Heavyweight Champion. It was preordained for me 
to be the new Kilimanjaro, for me to be the new head of the table, for me to be the new mountain that you climb. This was for me to claim. And Lord knows it's about damn time. Now, yes, I got this opportunity. Well, I congratulate you, sir. I respect it. <laughs> I got this I got this opportunity off of what some people are calling a Christmas gift. Some people are calling a a handed opportunity. But here's the thing about handed opportunities. You, even if it's handed to you, still have to go out and make it work. You still have to go out. Yo. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, 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 okay. Um, sorry about that that last little delay, ladies and gentlemen. Don't know exactly what happened, but we got it fixed and we are back with you. Like I was saying, I am your new world heavyweight champion. God damn it, and it feels good. It feels good to have the, the crown be upon thy head. But you also know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. We've been talking this up for a minute. The champion versus champion, <clears throat> title versus title, winner takes all match at the Royal Rumble. We said the two winners of TLC, which would be me and Mr. Murph, the man who needs no gimmick, going head to head for both belts. So, so Mr. Murph, I'm going to give you, sir. I'm going to give you the opportunity to, to speak first going into our match. Go ahead. Well, you are the champ. And I respect the champ. But I'm a champ, too. So, it is only right that we come to blows at the Royal Rumble. Now, I intend on leaving with both championships. As I'm, as obviously you do, but just understand, when you step in the ring with me, you're going to get everything—the kitchen sink, the cat, the dog, the lamp, the table, the couch, the shelf, the vases. You're gonna get it all. Everything that I got. So you make sure you prepare yourself and you prepare yourself good because you sir you have the ultimate champion and I want it so I can be two belt J okay look I, I owe you this ass with Murph <clears throat> you you beat me your first match in uh it was a long road for me to get to, to the throne that I sit upon now. It was a long road, but I'm here now. I'm here now. And I don't plan on giving this up for a long time. I would do whatever I have to do. I would do whatever needs to be done to walk away from the Royal Rumble. Not only your BGTW World Heavyweight Champion, but a two-time 
BGTW World Television Champion. The only two-time champion in the history of the company. I don't... Here's my thing, Murph. It took me a while to get here, but I had to take out your protege in order to, to get to this point. So after taking out your protege, my very next goal is to take out the master. Reclaim my championship. And then my very next step is heading for Rob. I'm not looking past you at all. You've proven to me that I can't look past you. You've proven to me that you have the ability to be. I'm not going to let it happen twice. Understood, sir. Understood. I will see you at Royal Rumble. I will definitely see you there. I will definitely see you there. So, how we got to this point was by doing well at TLC. So, give me some of your thoughts on how TLC went so far. Or how TLC went. Well, uh, honestly, I... I think that they need to get away from doing TLC overall as a pay-per-view. Just because I think that certain matches like it's it's strange how they I think it's kind of strange how they do it. It's just that a lot of the feuds that we had were not built up enough and I think that when the matches when the when the matches don't get built up enough Mm -hmm. they wind up they don't when they don't get built up enough they wind up suffering a little bit okay like you know what i'm saying like uh the the setup with uh aj styles that's only been going on for what maybe three weeks yeah just about okay and and that's you know they there really wasn't I count that as not really building up towards it you know what I mean like that could have that could have been way better if it was built up a little bit longer it was pretty and that's why that's what I meant by earlier when I was saying that it was kind of an easy pay-per-view to 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 kind of pick because you knew you knew Roman was going over you knew Drew was going over. It was cool that they threw in the curveball with the Miz. That was cool. But at the end of the day, you still knew he was going over. Um, uh, the New Day had already had a pinfall over the Hurt Business. And we all knew that the New Day didn't necessarily need to retain. So I even felt like that hardest one, and you knew Sasha was going over too. So the, hard, the hardest one to pick was the Bray Wyatt Orton thing literally all the other batches on the card were easy to pick because you knew that you knew what was going to happen because they hadn't built up to any of them quite frankly fair enough so so I didn't so that's that's but it was it was kind of easy to pick because it's just it's, it's no build up so and then with the actual concept of the TLC match I think in certain cases they take too long. They take too long because now they got to set up tables, they have to set up ladders, and and, and, and 
I, I, and I don't mean to sound a little bit like Cornette, but I, I really fall in line with a lot that he says. It's, it's at this point, the TLC match isn't special because whole pay-per-view and they they're starting to give us a whole pay-per-view on it why give us a whole pay-per-view on it if every match is in the TLC match the TLC matches when they first started doing the pay-per-view the build-ups were better and then you had the guys who pioneered it you had Edge you had Christian you had the Hardys you had them surrounded by it and that's kind of how that's kind of how it started but but with Nowadays, the DLC with them, it was everybody had their own had their weapon as a gimmick. The Hardys were known yeah. for ladders. The Dudleys were known for tables. And then leading up to leading up to the to the match, Edge and Christian became known for chairs, the concerto. And it, it made sense. It fit. Yeah. So I I, I just think they need to just get rid of the pay-per-view. It's as a whole, a because and that and that's likely because it's the last pay per view of the year. So, put it like this: there's no point to me. There's no point in doing it at all. We would have been better off with a straight up like Saturday night's main event type deal. Yeah, we could have been better off with that as kind of filling in for a December pay-per-view with just some with just some with just some dope matches because if you did that there doesn't have to be a build up towards that you know what I'm saying you don't have to build up towards that you can kind of just you know what I'm saying not necessarily put guys together but you say okay based on all the angles and and storylines that we're doing let's it, it could have just been a continuation it could have been what Raw's been doing, what SmackDown's been doing, okay, let's just put it together and let's just put a bow on it, let's say. Right. You know what I'm saying? And just and just and just give us some solid matches. You would have been basically doing what they always do, combining the cards of Raw and SmackDown. I just don't think that there's a need for it because it's a throwaway. And like I said, in this case, based on the card, it was completely predictable. Yep, and we and- like we liked the TLC mm-hmm. matches previously because they could be a little bit unpredictable, right. and, and now it's it's lost Even its luster. Ladder so matches, I think like just just ladder matches themselves have lost that that impact because like when the Money in the Bank ladder match was first a thing, everybody was so excited. Like, what's going to happen? How is this match going to play out? Who's going to win? What's going to happen after they win? And it was so many factors going into it that it made you want to see it. Just like you were saying, same yeah. thing with the first TLC match. It made you want to see it, even though also everything during the Attitude Era was over like hell. Everything was over. Um, so it wasn't really too much that you needed to do besides book it correctly. And the performers needed to make sure they did their job. But other than that, it wasn't really too hard in the attitude era. I guess because of how hot those crowds used to be. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I get what you mean. Shit don't mean shit doesn't mean much anymore, which is why we're going to talk about JR here in a little bit. But let's run down this TLC card. So in the pre-show, 
you had Big E, Daniel Bryan, Chad Gable, and Otis defeating King Corbin, King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Shinsuke, which basically sets up the Christmas Day Championship main event for SmackDown, where Big E will take on Sami Zayn. In the first match, you had Drew McIntyre, and he defeated AJ Styles. Um, The Miz cashed in his money in the bank, which made it a triple threat match. Uh, But Drew McIntyre, as we all knew, wasn't going to lose that match. He's going to hold that belt till at minimum WrestleMania, if not past. Yep. Uh, but they had some some cool spots in this match. Um, I liked when Drew threw AJ um, off the like out of the ring onto the table, and then the Miz came in, cashed in, power bomb Drew, and then the Miz was, was you know showboating a little bit because we all knew the Miz wasn't going to win. So you know, bodies right. of time almost came in, picked him up, threw him out. Bodies just land everywhere. I thought that was a a cool little sequence. I I quite enjoyed that. Um, The AJ Styles uh, jump from the the top rope uh, onto the ladder, I enjoyed that. Uh, The the Claymore that Drew gave the Miz, I enjoyed that. Uh, Yeah, those are my my, my three, like, biggest takeaways from the match. What what were yours? Um, I, I almost popped with AJ leapfrog from the rope to the uh, ladder mm-hmm. I stopped right in mid pop because before yeah you know what I mean uh, Shelton Benjamin did it and I think maybe the first or the second ladder match the money in the bank uh, yeah the, he did it or, or no 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 he did it at, he might have done it at one of the ladder matches at Wrestlemania which uh, yeah the, it, not it was the money in the bank yeah, not to go, not to necessarily go back, but what you were saying about, just, yeah, it, it definitely is the same thing. They've kind of worn that out. They've worn that out because it probably should be done at WrestleMania every year. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or it, it should, should be, be done it, like when it means something, not just like a random spot in the match to, to like you said, to get a pop. And so it, it, it um. So that's that was a, that's another pay per view that should be done with. And think about it this way: they've also killed the the by the way they did it this year. They kind of the luster of play, it's like okay, like, what you say the luster of the the luster of the money in the bank yeah. match based on the way that they did it this year, and which was due to COVID. But they should have they should have just canceled it. They should have just did something else because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They just, just, just do something else. But uh, as we get, getting back to the match, um, I think this would probably been a little bit more entertaining if they would have just went on one on one with no tables and ladders and chairs involved. I, I just think it, it, it would have been a way, way doper match. Like I said, I, I watched it, and I couldn't really get into it's it. Like, eh, yeah, I couldn't really, I couldn't really get into it. So. I thought that they would have. It would have been a way doper match if we would have just got them straight up instead of attaching uh, a TLC match to it. But the one thing I like about Drew McIntyre is he can do a little bit of everything, but he also knows how to make everything look good. True. You know what I'm saying? I, I, he makes everything look good, so it's like I, I really like the fact that they're actually going to use Drew McIntyre in the way that they should 
his promos have been on. He looks like a champion. He talks like a champion. He's not silly. You know what I'm saying? When he, you know what I'm saying? The, even, even as a face, there's still a little bit of hillish in him. In his promos, at least. And in some of them. So I, I really like I really like what Drew McIntyre did all year. And in all honesty, he has he has he definitely has my props because obviously it was a tough year to be the top guy. Definitely. Uh in the it next was a match, tough year to be a top guy. He's done his thing, man. He definitely has. Uh in the next match we have Sasha Sasha Banks versus Carmella. Um again, a kind of another giveaway. We knew Sasha was going to defeat Carmella. We knew she wasn't gonna win. Uh, Carmella actually in the ring uh, looked looked a lot better. Like she 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 made the code of silence look like it actually could do some damage. She she had a couple of like like her ring mechanics. Her her work looked better than it ever has. Like in this match, uh, I don't know. If, I agree. I don't know if necessarily to give that props to her. Or to give that props to, to Sasha for, you know, guiding her through it. But her work looked a lot better in this match than it has in quite a while. I, I think it did, too. Um, I would contribute it to her being a heel. And and her, char- and her character and her look changing. I would contribute it to that. So whoever, whoever was helping her with her who was helping her with that I would contribute it to that more than anything else but she I mean she has gotten better um I got uh I have no problem with Sasha Banks necessarily um her 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 ring works good her promos I I mean I just feel like eh, there's better I still think they shouldn't have cut Bailey short honestly I think we could have they had more mileage out of Bailey's reign, I think. With Bailey? They, yeah, I just think they could have. I think they could have gotten a lot more mileage out of it than get good mileage out of it. I don't. I don't remember how many days that that her championship reign lasted. Uh, it was but almost a year. I felt like they could. There was. I felt like there was more to do to build her up. And you know what I'm saying, and then like they've been hinting at her no, and Sasha was over a year, three hundred and seventy-nine days. Uh, I uh, you know what I'm saying, I felt like they could have got more mileage out of that, even though they did get, even though they did get good mileage out of it. I felt like they could have done more with it, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to see it end with her losing to Sasha Banks because that they've been teasing that forever and it took a while it took a long time for them to finally do it so i'm not, I'm not sure why they wanted earlier but i mean i just felt like they could have got more mileage out of it but i no problem with banks i just you know what i'm saying i just don't think if she holds it to wrestlemania i think sasha banks is the type of i think she's the type of superstar to where if she has it for too long They'll start booing her. I got you. I got you. I got you. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. So after that, the next match on the card was the Hurt Business versus the New Day. Uh, as usual, excellent chemistry. But where WWE normally fucks up is they present a match multiple times 
and they give it to you on free TV multiple times, <laughs> and then they run it in back-to-back pay-per-views multiple and nobody times. Nobody wants to watch it. Yep. And then to the point where you're just like, okay, all right, like you know, it was just another matchup there, but it made sense for the hurt business to to go over. It made sense because the new day don't need the belts. The new day didn't need didn't need this last frame, but again, it made sense for them to to boost up that next tag team, which happened to be Cedric and Shovel. So they didn't need it. Like they 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 didn't need they didn't. The New Day did need the, um, the Tag Team Championships, and I'm glad that it finally went to the Hurt Business. Um, I'm not saying necessarily that the Hurt Business is automatically established by having the U.S. and Tag Team Championships on, you know, in their faction, but it's definitely a good look, um, and it definitely does work. It definitely does work. Um, uh, another good match. Mm-hmm. The only thing... The only thing I caught from it that kind of made me go, okay, why the hell are they doing that? I did not fully understand the finish. I did not understand why Cedric Alexander uh, hot-tagged Benjamin when Benjamin looked like he had the match won. But I assume... That's because Cedric is doing this more brash... Um, more brash, like ego type of thing, which I, okay, which I feel like might eventually cause trouble for him and Shelton. Um, that's that's what I assumed. I assumed that later on, because obviously, when you get when you have a fashion at some point, what is going to cause dissension that either builds them and makes them better or breaks them up. So, I assumed that down the line, maybe. Cedric Alexander gets beside himself and then they kick him out or beat him out you know what I mean mm-hmm. and then now he's going back to a face and now he's fighting against the Hurt Business because it makes no sense for Shelton Benjamin to do it because Shelton Benjamin's older, he's already an established star that it could only be done to build Cedric Alexander up but well if that is they're heels so why so why would you be heel to stay heel? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Why would you be a heel? And so I'm assuming it's I'm assuming that that's something they just set up later on down the line. But when it first happened, I was like, "Whoa, why the fuck? Why, why are they doing that?" Hopefully, much much later down the line, let them have a lengthy reign. Let them run, man. Let them go. Yeah. Let them run with all three of these championships, or put the world title on Bobby and just let them run man let them let them run let this for once have a have a faction not run by fucking Triple H that actually does well well because we need it and I think I've, I think I spoke on on it a couple of times how we uh, the business needs this kind of faction because we haven't seen it isn't something that we've seen before so we really really need it so therefore take as long as you need to take into making it dope Mm -hmm. take as long as you need to take because we haven't seen this type of thing you know what i'm saying it's it's not it's 
yeah, it's a little bit like evolution, but it's it's a little bit like evolution. It's a little bit like the horsemen, and I'm fine with that because we ain't seen four brothers do it. Nope. So so we need so they need something like this. So take as much time that you need, even if it takes a while to get the strap on Bobby. Okay, fine. I mean, by the time you get the strap on Bobby. The Herbert, the the Benjamin and Alexander could have the belt. You could, they could, be, they could lose the belts later on, and then once you do that, you could get it back on them. Mm-hmm. So take as much time as you need. And here's something I saw online that day. Speaking of the Hurt business, since MVP came back and brought the the Hurt business together, <clears throat> Bobby went from a storyline where he was fucking Lana to United States champion. Cedric Alexander went from being a jobber to one half of the tag team champions. Shelton Benjamin went from Saturday night's main event to barely being shown on TV at all to now one half of the tag team champions. The Hurt Business has has so far done a lot for these three and having MVP as their mouthpiece and occasional wrestler has been has been working wonders like and I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing where they go from from this I wouldn't be uh I, I wouldn't mind seeing them maybe add a little bit and I think we've talked about it before I brought up I think I, I can't remember who I brought up but I actually want to change my pick I wouldn't mind seeing Samoa Joe in the Hurt Business because Samoa Joe is another one of those guys who could be a top guy if you just let him be one. And I mean, they didn't really have Joe doing much before he went to injury and then decided to go and go ahead and do the commentary thing. He said on many occasions he ain't done wrestling. I wouldn't mind seeing him join the her business. It, it would be beat down Clan 2.0 though. Beat down Clan who? Huh? So was that that group in TNA? I didn't watch TNA back then, so I, I think so I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so the Hurt Business is basically the Beatdown Clan, but the WWE version and much, much better. Um, the the Beatdown Clan consisted of MVP, Samoa Joe, Kenny King, and Loki, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, I didn't watch TNA back then, but I remember seeing a clip because... I think MVP did a promo and he said the N-word. I remember see I remember seeing that clip, but I didn't I, I didn't watch it. I stopped watching TNA by the end, so I didn't know what was going on. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. We didn't know. I okay. think I think can't go there. All, I can't put Joe in that. Can't put Joe think, in that. I think we all stopped watching TNA by that point. <laughs> I definitely I definitely stopped watching watching TNA you know, by by that particular yeah, so the beatdown clan um was Kenny King, Loki, Homicide, Samoa Joe, Hernandez, and uh MVP and Bobby Lashley. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I stopped watching TNA. I stopped watching TNA when they brought Hogan in. When they brought Hogan and Bischoff and, and Nash, I was like, nah, I'm done. What's actually funny about that is I, I play this game called Journey of Wrestling, which is like a phone game and you basically allows you to do like your own fantasy booking. 
and that I tried I, to I, I got on that for a little bit, but it kind of I didn't I didn't yeah. It, it it you have to like catch it like you have to it has to catch you. It's one of those type of things. Oh, but I started a scenario where when Hogan and Bischoff and them came in, I started from like that point, and you know I'm trying to wait it out, see it out, see where it goes from there. But we'll we'll get to that, you know, when when the time comes. By the way, our BTW Wrestling Federation is coming very very soon. Um, we're still putting things together here in the background. We're still trying to decide what what talent we want to sign. We're still trying to decide what championships we want to have. I'm in favor of a trios championship. I don't know if anybody else is, but we 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 have some things coming for you all. Uh, the next match, though, where Mr. Merch scored his first point of the night. Clap it up! Clap it up! Clap it up! Oscar and a mystery partner versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler for the women's tag team championships. And so. Prior to this, I informed Mr. Murph that him and Moody, all their picks were pretty much dead even. So, this was going to be a stalemate. And I didn't want Murph to go out like that. So, I was, so we, we agreed as a group to give him a chance. We were like, look, you get, you have an opportunity to change one of your picks. So, he was like, so he, he threw two in there. He was like, can I get a point if I pick Oscar's partner right? We were like, yeah. And then he also picked Brandy Orton over over Bray Wyatt. Over Bray Wyatt. I can't talk right now. Um, he was right. Oscar's partner partner was definitely Charlotte Flair. And this is the match where I won my BGTW World Heavyweight Championship. Because I also picked Asuka and her mystery partner, who I thought was going to be Lana, to win. This was a quick match. Um, it was good to see Charlotte to see Charlotte back, uh, and yeah, she 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 looked better than ever. She came in, did what she had to do. She didn't really sell too much. She pretty much dominated from like the moment she stepped in. But it was good, and I'm looking forward to the story that they can tell with these two being tag team champions, um, and with Oscar being the Raw. Um, women's champion which actually Murph you called out and said that it would be most likely that Oscar drops the belt to either Charlotte or Becky upon her return which if that's the case ladies and gentlemen we might be here we might be here they might hold the, the women's tag team championships for a little while drop it back to Nia and Shayna and then Charlotte goes after the Raw Women's Championship well, I, I kind of I had to think about it a little bit. I thought about it, and it was actually when they did the injury angle, it was Nia Jax who put Charlotte out. It was a backstage segment, and I had almost forgotten about that, and I re- and I remembered it, and I was like, oh, okay. So so when I seen because I didn't get to catch Raw last week, but when I seen Lana wasn't going to be in the match, I was like, that's how you get Charlotte back in that's how you get Charlotte back in because of what so probably the way I'm I'm, I'm thinking the way that they're going to do it is they're going to have them be tag champs Oscar's going to face somebody at Royal Rumble and there's going to be some type of 
big match between Charlotte and Nia Jax to put a bow on that. Somewhere, somewhere in between there. So, yeah, I just I thought about that and I had almost forgotten about that. And I was like, oh, okay. Now the Randy Orton thing, yeah, we'll get to that later. Cause have we had a Nia Charlotte feud yet? Not in full, no. Uh, they've been in the ring a couple times, but not in full. So that's why I was like, okay, there's probably in between them being tag champs, there's probably going to be some kind of off thing where when they're not defending the tag championships, Charlotte's going to be feuding with Nia Jax, and then Oscar's going to be feuding with somebody, which might be Shayna Baszler. Uh, so, you know what I'm saying? Because that also makes sense as well. Uh, makes yeah. sense to leave Becky out until, till whenever. So, uh, so it could be that. So, but yeah, I thought about that at the last minute, and yeah, so that's that's why it was kind of easy for me. That's why as soon as I thought about, it, I was like, ah, let me go ahead, let me go ahead and see if I can get that, get that clear. Let me see if I can get that clear. Let me see if I get a point for that at least. And you definitely did. Um, and then after that match, we had Roman versus Kevin Owens. We knew what was gonna happen. We knew Jay Uso was going to get involved. We knew Kevin Owens was going to have some hope spots, which were which were actually very popable hope spots. Like there was a couple of times there where I was like, he might pull this off, but then you know Roman would come back and obliterate him. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Owens lost to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns choked him out on top of the ladder and then let his body drop. Picked up his championship, walked out, came, wrecked shit, left. How did you feel? Uh, I like the, I like the finish. I like the finish of him choking him out on top of the ladder. I thought that was dope. Um, they got me though because see that this is how you know I've been watching wrestling for a long time because and what I mean by went too long. This is the prime example because while I did like where they kept having Kevin Owens keep coming back when you thought he wasn't gonna, gonna come back mm-hmm. I once they once the, after the second time they did it I was like okay he's gonna climb up the ladder and then the other Uso's gonna come out so once once they put Jay Uso once he buried him under the announce table I was like oh okay so Kevin Owens is gonna get to the, he's gonna climb up the ladder he's gonna get right there and then as soon as he's almost right there here comes Jimmy Uso because it dr- because it drug out that long. So after the second time they did it, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's definitely coming." And as soon as they buried him under the table, I was like, "Oh yeah, here it goes." I was telling my sub, my sub was watching the movie. I was like, "Hey, here you go, right here." And it and I kept and I said it. My son said he said it. He's like, "You just said that like five times, and it ain't happened." But but that's where they got me because I I was like, "Okay." It's about to happen now, and then it didn't happen. So I did think it kind of drug out too long, but mm-hmm. I, 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 I'll take it for what it was worth. Uh, for what it was worth, I'll take it. But chances are, that same thing that I was predicting, it just didn't happen now. But it's probably yeah, going to happen later. It's going to happen later, where there's, there's going to be a situation where Jay can't help him. And then as soon as Jay can't help him because he's down, here'll come Jimmy. Because remember, in the hell of a cell, Jimmy did call him the head of the table. Yeah. 
So he's already he's already somewhat pledged allegiance. So at so at some point that spot is going to happen. It just didn't happen when I thought it was. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the final match, which was divisive, said the least. Oh, uh, Randy Orton. I'm gonna start the card. In a firefly. It was cool at first. Um, there was no fire at first. Then the demon spawn that the fiend is raised hell, and the fire consumed the ringside. Not the ring like it would be back in the day, but the actual ringside, like the the post, the barricade, even the entranceway, all on fire. And then, I'm having a hard time getting through this because I'm still trying to piece it together in my mind to make it make sense. <laughs> Randy pushed the fiend up against the fire. Then the fiend died. <laughs> then Randy poured gas on the fiend and set the fiend on fire. Did his pose. The bell never rung. And I guess that was it. 12 minutes, I'll never get back. Uh, this was this was uh, man this was the dumbest fucking finish I have ever seen it just might be in my 39 years of being alive and okay let's do the math I've been watching wrestling since I was about 5 this had to be the dumbest finish I've ever seen just because of a couple things one no there was no bell the announcer said the match is over he had to tell me that the match was over so there was that and then it was the announce team shouting don't do this they they had to sell this they had to sell Randy don't set the feed on fire Randy don't do it Randy don't do this don't do this Randy and I'm just like me and my son are like oh my god are you guys for real can't, y'all can't be serious and when, when I looked at it I was like I, when, when me and my son were looking I was like okay that's a dummy you could tell because he's not breathing this and plus WWE wouldn't actually set a man on fire with fucking gasoline in the middle of the ring this like I said this has to be put it like this if there were wrestling if there were WWE fans and I and I and I have a hard time believing that this is not true if there are WWE fans that were out there right now that were about to be that were thinking about not watching anymore 
that probably made them not watch anymore. This it, it, it was a complete and utter slap in the fucking face of anybody who has watched wrestling. Y'all tried it to is, make it is the second time that some, that is something involved in the theme. The first one was that awful ass hell of a cell match. And that almost that almost really made me turn away from wrestling altogether. Like, you know what? Him jobbing the Goldberg. Him jobbing the Goldberg too. I, I hate it as well. Yeah, so that's two. And then this. And the thing is, it's not even Bray's fault. It's not the fiend's fault. It's the way that they're fucking booking it. Who came up with this finish? Who came up with this idea? And we know who approved it. But why did you... But why? Y'all really wanted us to believe that Randy Orton set a man on fire. Like, seriously, guys? Randy Orton defeated Demon. Again. Like, seriously, y'all? This... Some shit that I would have completely expect out of AEW. But not the, come on guys. That it uh I was pissed. Now am I pissed enough to where I don't want to watch WWE anymore? No. I'm always gonna be a fan. No problem. I'm, 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 almost, but, I'm almost at that edge. Just 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 do one more You understand, thing. sir? Do one more like unbelievably stupid fucking thing like this again and, and like because the Rey Mysterio I think almost made me say you know what yeah that was dumb is, too is, is, is it even worth it but I kept going and then this happened one more are they targeting are they targeting are they targeting are they targeting They see. it seems like they're targeting marks the ones who would actually believe that Randy Orton set a man on fire. It's gotta be. Are getting kids? Like, who would believe that Randy Orton would set a man on fire in a ring? In I don't. Uh, five year olds. Five year olds. Huh? Five year olds that five year olds that still have their imagination. That's the reason why all their championships look like toys. I mean, good God, man. Like, come on, y'all. Like, like seriously. So, whoever's idea, I, whoever came up with the idea, now, could this been done in a different way? Sure. To make it a little bit more believable. But, come on, man. We're not dumb. And that's, and that, at the end of the day, a lot of what they do is thinking that we're dumb. We know y'all switched the bodies out when y'all kept looking at Randy Orton seeing what he's doing. When he went to go get the, get the, when he went to go get the gasoline can, y'all switched the bodies out. Like come on, y'all like people aren't dumb. Even the people who are not aren't necessarily smarts. They're not nobody's dumb. Like why are y'all trying to really convince us of this? So once again, this is just it's just another example of what everybody's saying. And it seems like uh I listening to Cornette's podcast a couple of days ago, they mm-hmm. keep 
they keep reminding they keep telling they keep remember they told us around a couple of months ago or around this time last year hey we hear what y'all saying we're gonna change it and they have done nothing it keeps getting stupider and it, it literally it, nothing it, i was as a as a wwe fan i was completely insulted at that finish it had to be one of I'm the dumbest finishes of all time I'm in agreement with you. It was dumb. I, I've I've never said. Uh, I just man, it's 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 tough because it's this is almost like okay, Vince, and I don't really want to be that person that says Vince needs to go away. And then some people, I'm, there are people who are actually dumb and malicious enough to say, oh, Vince just needs to die. All of that shit that that's too malicious for me. But there have got to be some changes like right now. Like if I had if I had significant stock in WWE as a shareholder, I would be on the phone with somebody in Stanford saying, hey, this is some bullshit. I'm about to pull. I'm about to I'm about to I'm about to sell these shares or whatever. This is some bullshit. It's almost like yeah. the people who have stock in WWE just use WWE for the stock. A lot of people probably who have stock in WWE don't even watch it. They just know that they, it's don't. Pro- they, they just, don't. They just know that it's profitable. They know that it's profitable. Yeah. And if I were one of those people, one, I want to see what's what's going on with my money. But I would be on the phone with somebody right now, like, hey, this is bullshit. The shareholders, the people who have a lot of money pumped into the WWE should be calling for major changes right now. That means... And and here's the problem with Vince. Vince really believes that he's... That this is like some sort of elevation or evolution of the business, which actually brings us on to our final topic. Um, because JR, um, in the most recent episode of the Grilling with JR podcast, talked about AEW and their wrestlers and how their booker, Tony Khan, their owner feels like what they're doing is also some sort of elevation or evolution of the business. Um, and here are the the exact the exact quotes from Jr. So no, that evolution of the business is bullshit. And this is in reference to matter of fact. Let me just read this. So this comes from WrestlingInc.com. There's said to be controversy within AEW over recent comments made by announcer Jim Ross. Ross recently discussed today's pro wrestling on his Grilling Jr. podcast and the lack of evolution. While some fans and wrestlers agree with JR, others publicly disagree with his comments on how some moves aren't being used correctly. There's no word on the extent of the internal issues stemming from the comments, but Dave Meltzer noted on the Wrestling Observer Radio that there is a controversy within the company due to what JR has said. JR was asked about not thinking the business has evolved into a better place and how it relates to today's wrestlers using finishers from yesteryear as just regular moves. 
And so the reason why I said it was somewhat of the same is Vince is using old school finishes in the worst way. Just like wrestlers at AEW are using old finishers, not finishes, but finishers in a horrible way. And basically nothing nowadays in either WWE or AEW means shit. Exact words from JR. No, that evolution of the business is bullshit. Or that the or that the business is evolving. How the fuck do you know that it's evolving? Not you, Conrad, but in general. Yes, they should be protected. Of course they should. Well, we don't sell right hands, but if you hit me with your left, it will register. What? But if you hit me with that right, I'll sell it like a drunk man. Come on, that's so stupid. The DDT is a finish instead of a transition spot. Shawn Michaels, same thing. The super kicks are just part of the flow of a match. Nobody wins with it. So what does that say to you? Does it say that back in the day, guys were more proficient at delivering a DDT or a super kick than they are in this generation where things are evolving or changing? I want some proof of that shit. I want somebody to prove to me that the changing of the wrestling business is what it is today and that it makes a difference. Maybe it is in some people's eyes, but is it making a difference? I say no. JR also criticized when wrestlers dive over the top rope into a group of wrestlers who are foes but are just standing still side by side on the outside. Ross said no one ever wins with that move and it's just done for a pop. They go, holy shit, this is awesome. It's a spot, folks. It's a trapeze act. Come on. I don't buy into that, JR said. The DDT is a great fitness and it should be used as such unless you're not as proficient as Jake the Snake was and you can't execute it. What if I said on commentary, boy, folks, do you remember those DDTs and when somebody hit that, it was over? I guess these guys just aren't as good as that, as good at it as they used to be. That ain't going to help anybody. But there's a thought there, and same with the super kick. So yeah, I'm not big on that. The business has changed. Tell me how the business has changed that you can that you can bastardize established moves. The spot where wrestlers gather at ringside and wait for a dive is often criticized by fans and other wrestlers on social media. For what it's worth, Brian Alvarez noted on Wrestling Observer Radio that AEW wrestlers were yelled at for a similar spot. After at least one recent show, no other details were provided. AEW TNT champion Darby Allen, who has made his name with some of the moves that JR criticized, was asked about JR's comments during a recent interview with Sportskedia. Um, he said, I love Jim Ross and I agree with him. AEW star Brandon Cutler recently joked about JR's comments when plugging the 14 man match that was advertised for last night's Dynamite. This Wednesday, on AEW Dynamite 7v7, Cutler wrote in the tweet seen, um, seen on his Twitter page, uh, we're going to go outside, cluster up like coils, stand there in the huddle, friends and foes together side by side to catch some leaping idiot going over the top. Can't wait. 8 p.m. TNT, hopefully for 1 million viewers. Let's go. Cutler ended up pulling, pulled from the match as it was changed to a 12-man bout due to Warlow missing the show because of a family issue. Regarding JR's comments, it was noted by Paul Davis of WrestlingNews.co that there was a feeling within AEW that the legendary announcer, former WWE talent relations boss, made a lot of good points. 
but some wrestlers are less likely to listen to him while he's publicly knocking their work. Look, look, I know there is a lot that JR can teach us, but burying us on the show or on his podcast is only going to make some make some of us ignore what he says. One unnamed wrestler told the website. Uh, I grew up watching JR and he is the best in WWE and we love it that he calls our matches and maybe find a way to criticize the rest of the ring. Everyone is doing what they have been taught. I agree that sometimes things need to be slowed down, but that won't happen when the guy who was supposed to help put us over is going out there and publicly burying us. Um, another AEW talent echoed similar sentiments, noting that AEW trainer Jerry Lynn is someone who receives a lot of praise backstage because he's a straight shooter who gives constructive criticism. Also, uh, one of FTR basically also tweeted and said in response to Cutler, imagine somebody who helped shape this business that you're currently working in being completely ignored basically or being talked about because you hurt your fucking feelings um this whole fucking thing is dumb this whole fucking thing is stupid nothing means anything anymore it's just spot after spot after fucking spot it just doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense at all um I just I 100% agree with JR play this simple I 100% agree with JR I do too um I don't necessarily have a problem with just well, we'll only we'll, let's only speak to the moves that were talked about. I don't have a problem with how the DDT and the super kick are used because if you're doing it right and you can do it at a at a at a at a in a in a way that says oh or makes the crowd go ah ooh in a surprising way I don't mind the super kick doing being used in that regard um like like how Dolph Ziggler uses it sometimes Ziggler literally hits it out of nowhere see that was the point of the super kick with Shawn Michaels did it not to necessarily Shawn Michaels just did it as his finisher that was his finisher but it can be used to get that quick little ooh ah real quick and be used as a transition move. But it can't be he get the guy gets super kick and doesn't fall. It can't be that. It can't be the guy gets super kicked and doesn't fall, which means he's not selling it, or the guy gets super kicked falls and then you pick him up off the ground and just go into the next move it can't be done like that it can be used as to shock fan like oh he, he, he got him out of nowhere we didn't see that coming I'm good with that but I'm good with that but like it's being used like I just said how it's being used that's the problem so I, I so I agree but other than that I, I agree with what the premise of what Ross is saying and it's something that is infecting AEW and WWE specifically it's infecting those companies um, specifically um, but uh, going back real quick to what I was saying about what I was saying about Vince I'd be calling for some major changes if I've got a whole bunch of stock 
in WWE right now. And that's the problem. No. It's holding Vince. And here's the other here's the other name I brought him up not too long ago. Here's the other name that deserves just as much blame. Kevin Dunn. Because Kevin Dunn is Vince's right-hand man. So if Vince goes to one of the wrestlers or one of the agents and they tell him something, if Kevin Dunn says, nah, let's not do that, Kevin Dunn is a TV producer. He's not a he's not a guy who came up in the wrestling business. What the what Vince's problem is, he's not listening to the people that he should be listening to. Right. He's not listening to those people. He's listening to what Kevin Dunn tells him and what the networks tell him. He's listening to those people. Hey, this is what we want. It's almost like when you got too many people in your ear about something, it's impossible to listen to the people that you should be listening to. And this is this is why, with all due respect to the man, this is why it's time for him to go. Okay, okay, okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have about four minutes left before the audio cuts off. So, as your reigning BGCW World Heavyweight Champion, it is up to me to give the final monologue. But before I go, I will give the floor to Mr. Murph to say his final words. I look forward. I'm still looking forward. I am still remained optimistic about the wrestling business in 2021. I think a lot of things will get better when the fans get to come to the arenas. Because the stupid shit that's happening is happening because there are no fans. If they had done that spot, that finish last night, if there were fans in the arena, they would have completely booed it or done nothing at all. I'm optimistic. I look forward to 2021 when we can get some fans back in the stands and hopefully I, I I hope that it'll be a better year because 2020 was a rough fucking year to be a wrestling fan. Boy, and my my final words would be I speak for the mountain. I am Kilimanjaro. I am your reigning BGTW World Heavyweight Champion. Bow to my greatness as I sit upon the throne and heavy is the head that wears the crown. Thank you all so much for listening to the first episode where I am your world champion episode 15 of black guys talking about wrestling i have been the young blood way he has been the man that needs no gimmick your bcw world television champion mr murph thank you all so much for listening and peace out